Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America. With your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back to This is America. I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. The hottest of all hot spots right here, the NYC. And over the weekend, I was looking at the New York Times, and I don't normally look at the New York Times, but I saw an article, and the headline really grabbed me. It said... The religious rights hostility to science is crippling our coronavirus response. A piece by Catherine Stewart, and it goes on to say that Donald Trump rose to power with the determined assistance of a movement that denies science, bashes government, and prioritized loyalty over professional expertise. In the current crisis, we are all reaping what that movement has sown. So obviously their thesis statement here coming right out of the gate is that they don't like Trump, they don't like Christianity, and that's ultimately what I feel we're dealing with here is the left and the media hate Jesus and those of us that follow him the same way they hate the Jews. In fact, I would say they probably hate most religions unless you're an astute or I should say austere religious scholar, but that's a different story for a different day. The article goes on to really paint what they call religious conservatives as zealots, uninformed zealots at that. In one paragraph, referring to a pastor as being insensitive towards coronavirus. Listen to this. Rodney Howard Brown of the River at Tampa Bay Church in Florida mocked the people that were concerned about the disease as pansies and insisted he would only shutter the doors of his packed church when the rapture is taking place in a sermon that was live-streamed on Facebook. Another pastor said, We're also going to pass out anointed handkerchiefs to people who may have fear, who may have sickness, and we believe that when those anointed handkerchiefs go out, that healing virtue is going to go with it. So it sounds to me like while the Times is saying that both of these pastors are being flippant, they themselves are being the paragon of prejudice mocking these two pastors for whatever it is that they believe and what they've said. And that's always been the case. The left has always enshrined itself in intolerance in order to achieve its own objectives. Now, of course, they go for a save by saying in the article that not every pastor is behaving recklessly. Of course, not every churchgoer in these uncertain times is showing up for services out of the disregard for scientific evidence. So they've kind of painted... Every evangelical Christian, every believer of Jesus that's not a part of the Catholic Church, as a lunatic. 
a lunatic that's part of the right-wing fringe. And I look at stuff like that and I think to myself, you know what? Perhaps we're guilty of doing this to them. Perhaps we put all liberal, socialist, progressives in the same box without stopping to think, hmm, maybe some are more sensible than others. Nah, I don't think we do that. Here's the deal. I think that this attack on Christianity is nothing new. We've seen this time and again from the Obama years when they were limiting Protestant chaplains because they felt they had too many of them. The attack on marriage, which has been going on for more than 20 years. The attack on life, which has been going on for more than 40 years. All of this, in my opinion, is an attack on faith. It's always been an attack on faith. And for one simple reason, our liberty is inextricably linked to faith. Our liberty comes from God, not from the government. The minute God can be ridiculed, the minute that God is no longer a thing that's real, the minute God can be questioned and removed from the conversation, now we can introduce Marxist theory or any other theory that goes along with the state being the Almighty. Of course, the state is not the Almighty. America is a bastion of proof that the state is not the Almighty. Although you might be confused if you looked at our news as an outsider from somewhere else saying, wow, in America, they're going to give out $2 trillion to their citizens. You would think that we're not, you know, tied to liberty, tied to individual responsibility, tied to a, a market that's free. And sometimes it does feel like we're becoming further and further uh, detached from such a way that we once were. But the fact remains that faith in America has always been a central part of what being an American is all about. People grab their torches, their pitchforks, and grab the handful of rocks and put them into the barrels of their muskets to fight against the tyranny of King George because he said, hey, you can only pray in the Anglican Church. And citizens rejected that in word and in deed. They rejected the fact of having the government tell them where and when and how they could ambulate having redcoats inside their homes, having taxation that they felt was unreasonable. I must say I agree with the adage that those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. So the question now becomes, is the United States going to repeat its own history for our own lack of memory, for our own lack of knowledge? I hope not. But what we have right now in front of us is a media or at least individuals within the media, a leftist movement within the media, a leftist movement within our government, a leftist movement within our institutions like public schools and universities that would be all but content to erase God from our history, to eliminate faith from our lifestyle, to create a new American tradition built on secularism, built on an all-powerful government. Not on my watch. That's something that I reject wholeheartedly, and I hope you do too. Because the fact is, what makes America so exceptional is the fact that we have such liberty. And we have that liberty because, like I said, our rights come from God. Our liberty comes from God, not from the government. Our Constitution is simply just a document that outlines 
how the government is limited from interfering in our lives. It's a limitation on the government, not a limitation on me per se. But what do we do? How do we stop this from continuing? I think to understand that in better context, we have to kind of look at how we got here. So if the problem is that pastors are getting arrested for not social distancing, and we're going to have a little bit of audio on that coming up right after this, then how do we reinvigorate our people to understand where their liberty comes from? Those are the facts that lie ahead of us. And speaking of facts, we always want to give a mention to JustFacts.com, our policy partners, JustFacts.com, F-A-C-T-S, dot com just facts dot com slash rich is the link where you can go and get signed up for the just facts newsletter i highly recommend it especially in times like this i recently took a look at the just facts policy paper that they put out on the coronavirus and it's called vital facts about covid19 it just came out a couple of weeks ago it was updated on the 19th of march so about two weeks ago and it's a multi-page document that has lots of facts, primary source data that they're getting straight from the actual source. So that's why it's primary sourced. (laughs) And to me, that's key because they're not taking the information and then spinning it and putting a different uh, perspective on it. They're just giving you that raw data right from the source. So be sure to check them out. Justfacts.com, F-A-C-T-S, justfacts.com slash rich. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to This Is America. I'm Rich Valdez. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is America. Everyone has been instructed that if they see worship services going uh, services going on, uh, they will go uh, to the officials of that congregation. They'll inform them they need to stop the services and disperse. If that does not happen, they will take additional action up to the point of uh, fines and potentially uh, closing the building permanently. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden here in New York City. And we're talking about faith and freedom and how they're linked and what's going on. Yesterday, there were some news reports that A pastor was arrested for holding a church service, obviously for violating social distancing regulations or recommendations. I understand why the police are concerned about gatherings of, you know, multiple people because of the spread of the coronavirus. Being in New York, we see the detrimental effect of the coronavirus. So I get it. But it begs the question... Can the government really stop us from having church? Just imagine, whoever would have thought that a pastor would be handcuffed or arrested for holding Sunday service. And if we give up those rights now, coronavirus or no coronavirus, do we ever get them back? I've got to say, something I learned in my time in government, the answer is whenever you give something up, you never get it back. That's why you got to fight to keep everything that you've got. 
And it doesn't help that we have a media that's constantly attacking us. And when I say us, I mean people of faith, people that believe in a power higher than themselves. A little while ago, I mentioned this article in the New York Times, Sunday Times. There's another part of it I want you to check out. This is from this article by Catherine Stewart. And she says, this denial of science and critical thinking among religious ultra-conservatives now haunts the American response to the coronavirus crisis. Now, if we stop right there and just analyze that one sentence to see how loaded it actually is, she's hitting it really hard right here, saying that our faith, in many ways, the belief of healing in the name of Jesus or any other God that you may believe in, is a denial of science and that it makes us devoid of critical thinking. Not to mention labeling people of faith as religious ultra-conservatives. And it's all lumped up into one hardcore biased sentence. This denial of science and critical thinking amongst religious conservatives now haunts the American response to the coronavirus crisis. She's saying that Vice President Pence and President Trump, because of their faith, basically lack the ability to acknowledge science as something that's real and that their faith is hurting other Americans. It's a total lie. It's a total and complete lie. Trump is there doing what executives do, managing a team. Mike Pence is the project manager on the team. Dr. Fauci is the Dr. Fauci of the team, dealing with infectious diseases. Dr. Burks is doing her role with the public health side. And each of them has a staff beneath them. So you tell me how they're denying science. How is Dr. Fauci denying science? How is Dr. Burks denying science? But Ms. Stewart in the New York Times goes on. And she says, on March 15th, Guillermo Maldonado calls himself an apostle and hosted Mr. Trump earlier this year at a campaign event at his Miami megachurch. And we talked about this on This Is America about six or seven weeks ago. So Mr. Maldonado urged his congregants to show up for worship services in person, saying, quote, Do you believe God would bring his people to his house to be contagious with the virus? Of course not, he said. Now, it doesn't say what date he said this. This could have happened at the end of February. It could have happened before things got crazy. My point is that cherry-picking examples of people practicing their faith and believing in something that's bigger than themselves is not an example of a denial of science or a lack of critical thinking. It's an example of an expression of faith. Just like when AOC all out crazy says that we need to abolish ice, she's sipping the Kool-Aid of what she believes in. And yeah, I do criticize her, but where's the media in that criticism? Nobody says that she's lacking critical thinking or that she's a, what was the phraseology here? Fundamentalist ultra-progressive. Where are those terms when describing AOC all-out crazy? Hmm. Nowhere. So the bottom line here for me with this piece from the New York Times, it's full of it. It's a literal attack on Christianity. It's an attack on evangelicals across America. And it's designed to smear and to mock people of faith, starting with the president and working its way down. Remember, People who believe in faith have hope. People who believe in hope believe they can hold on to God to get them through difficult times. Oftentimes, that is a default that kicks in every single time they're in a difficult situation. 
And that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing to have faith in God. But that's not good for demagogues like Bernie Sanders. It's not good for demagogues like AOC, people who run around screaming about the sky falling because of the Green New Deal, because healthcare is a right, painting the picture that this is the end of the world, not because of the coronavirus, just because we don't have healthcare as part of our progressive tax policy, because we don't build buildings according to her Green New Deal. Of course, there's no criticism on them. There never is. But there's criticism if you believe in Jesus. And because it's by design, those despots in history that wanted to take control of people always did so by taking away people's rights to defend themselves, people's rights to pray how they wanted to, limiting their access to Holy Scripture, Bible burning, whatever you want to call it. So I say to you, my fellow Americans, when you see an article like this in the Times, you need to call it out. However you feel like it, tell a friend about it, tweet about it, put it on Facebook, write to the New York Times, write a letter to your editor of your local paper, do whatever it is you got to do, but don't take it lying down because this, this is the beginning. This is how they introduce these ideas. And if they go unchecked, they'll keep coming. As a kid, my dad always told me when there was a problem, mata el perro y se acaba la rabia. If there's a rabid dog, you kill it and it's no longer rabid. Okay, maybe a little bit of a harsh analogy, but nonetheless, the principle remains the same. Nip it in the bud. Tackle it head on. Because our liberty literally depends on it. Like I always say, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. Take that to heart. Be safe. Take care of your families. We're all going to get through this together. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 